0: The tour content from now through Pesach has been sponsored by the Kofsky family in loving memory of Adira, who loved big ideas and asking big questions. Hello, I'm Rabbi Matt Neweis, and this is the Stoic Jew podcast where we explore the relationship between Judaism and Stoicism. Today's reading is from Marcus Aurelius Meditations, Book 4, Chapter 26. You have seen those things. Now look at these. Do not trouble yourself. Make yourself simple. Does a man do wrong? He does wrong to himself. Has some chance befallen you? it is well from universal nature from the beginning all that befalls has been apportioned for you and the thread was spun. the sum of the matter is this life is short the present must be turned to profit by the aid of reason and righteousness. be sober in your relaxation righty so uh, this uh, this chapter gave me a little bit of trouble <laughs> because uh, first of all it's a it's a huge mix of uh, ideas, some of which we have talked about before and some of which are new so for example um do not trouble yourself, make yourself simple. I assume that that is the, uh, another way of saying the same theme that he's worked on, uh, sorry, that he's been writing about, uh, in the last couple chapters, uh, just to quote from two chapters ago from 424, he says, uh, for if one removes most of what we say and do as unnecessary, he will have more leisure and less interruption. Wherefore, on each occasion, he should remind himself, is this not one of the necessary things? And he should remove not actions, simply that, are, sorry, and he should remove not actions merely that are unnecessary, but imaginations also, for in this way superfluous actions too will not follow in their train. So <clears throat> this is the idea of stoic simplicity, um, of cutting out unnecessary actions and unnecessary uh, imaginations, which lead to seeking superfluous things. We've talked about that in the last, uh, uh, the last two chapters. Um, and another thing that came to mind, by the way, on this uh, is... Uh, uh, and I, I I have to say, I don't know this puzzle in context, but uh, out of context, Kohelis seven twenty nine. um but see, this I did find. God has made man upright, but they have sought many <speaking in Hebrew> many schemes, many calculations, many many plottings. And I think the idea here is, uh, again, I'm not saying that Kohelis is saying the same thing as, Marcus Aurelius, but there's a similarity, namely that that um I think we feel like um like the complications in life are intrinsic, uh, or somehow like part of the fabric of reality. And what Aurelius and Coelis are both saying is no, uh there is a certain uh we would say in Judaism Yashrus uprightness, uh that man is capable of simply because we have its own Lelokim, because we have an intellect. Um, and uh, if we keep things simple, cutting out all unnecessary actions and, uh, and, and imaginations that give rise to like seeking superfluous things. So then, uh, then there will be a certain simplicity and lack of uh of complication in life, (laughs) you know, but then we, the problem is that we layer upon that all of these other issues and concerns and stresses and anxieties about things that haven't happened and things that we can't control. And that's really what leads to the, uh, to, that's really what plagues us, you know? So anyway, that was an old theme. Okay. Then he says, uh, does man do wrong? He does wrong to himself. That's, you know, something he's talked about a lot, right? That the only real right and wrong in stoicism is how you use your will. And so by definition, nothing wrong can happen to you. The only wrong or evil or bad is something that you cause through your own decision-making. I'm not going to dwell on that. We've talked about that in the past. Uh, then he says, it is well from universal nature from the beginning. All that befalls has been apportioned for you, and the thread was spun. Now, that sounds like a certain type of like uh, fate or fatalism, uh, and I actually want to hold off on discussing that till tomorrow, because I think tomorrow's reading uh, addresses that more uh, directly. Okay, then he says, the sum of the matter is this, life is short, the present must be turned to profit by the aid of reason and righteousness. So, uh, again, this is uh, another very, very familiar Stoic theme about life being short, but I like the the turn of phrase here, that the, the present must be turned to profit by aid of, of reason and righteousness. Um, and, you know, the idea being that time is, uh, is a commodity and a resource and you have to invest it well. And again, I mean, the, no better Stoic text exists on this than Seneca's uh, treatise on the shortness of life. I've read excerpts from this in the past, and uh, I see no reason why I shouldn't read another excerpt right now. This is uh, the beginning of uh, section 11. He says, uh, and I don't, even th- I don't remember if I've read this before, but the nature of this treatise is it's really about how he expresses the ideas. It's the same idea, basically, that life is short. <laughs> okay, but he says, uh, here's a summary indication that these men's lives are short. See how eager they are for a long life. Decrepit old men beg and pray for the addition of a few years more. They pretend they are younger than they are. They flatter themselves with a lie and are as pleased with their deception as if they were deluding fate at the same time. And in the end, when some sickness reminds them of their mortality, they die in a panic, not as if they were were departing from life, but as if they were being dragged out of it. They cry out that they were fools not to have lived and declare that they will live at leisure if only they survive their sickness." Only then did they reflect how futile was their acquisition of things they would never enjoy, how vain was all their labor. But life is ample, of course, for men who keep themselves detached from involvement. None of their time is transferred to others. None is frittered away in this direction and that. None is committed to fortune. None perishes of neglect. None is squandered in lavishness. None is idle. All of it, so to speak, produces income. A very little is therefore amply sufficient. And hence, when his last day comes, the philosopher goes to meet his death with a steady step." Yeah. So again, it's that same that same uh, metaphor there of uh, of investment, and same thing. It's not like having a lot of money is what results in wealth, because you could have a lot of money and squander it or invest it poorly. But if you have a uh, if you have a modest amount of money, but you invest it well, so then that really is what uh, the essence of wealth is. And um, and the problem, as as Seneca emphasizes throughout that essay, is that people don't uh, don't really treat time as a, uh, as a resource. And they're, you know, they're very, um, very, uh, Oh, I, I wish I had the, the book here. I would quote another thing, but they're very, um, uh, they, they get mad at people when other people, you know, steal their money, but when other people consume their time, their own time, you know, uh, by, by involving you in, uh, in unnecessary tasks, then, uh, then that's, um, you know, then, then, they just don't even notice the loss. Uh, the, it, it, this is a side note, by the way. I, when I was reflecting on this, I, uh, you know, I've been a teacher. This is now my twelfth year of teaching, and one of the the things about being a teacher is, especially a full time or more than full time teacher like I am, every minute of your day is is accounted for. I mean, like there's the day itself, the workday itself, where where every single minute is scheduled and bells ring to move you from one thing to the next but then when we get home when we teachers get home it's not just like we have uh, free time you know it's we have to prepare for the next classes and so like it is an interesting phenomenon just looking back that one of the one of the perks of being a teacher is all of my time is accounted for you know and like if you if you ask me what I'm going to be doing this week or what I've been you know what I've been doing last week like I could give you a minute by minute accounting um And, uh, you know, even down to like, I know what I have to think about when I drive to work or when I drive back, like I have to use that time to prepare in my head for certain things, or I have to use that time to decompress by listening to music. Which is also an accounting of time. You know, it's just, and I'm not saying that, that this is unique to teaching. It's just that that you know there are jobs. Uh, so I've heard <laughs> where you can like, you know, be done working and then you're you're uh, you're free. Uh, but here it's uh you know every every minute is working in some sense. Okay. The last line here: be sober in your relaxation. This gave me the most trouble. Uh, I have no idea what he means. In fact, I checked out several translations. They all use the word sober, okay? And I, what I didn't know is sober, I mean, the question is sober as opposed to what? I mean, does sober mean literally sober? Like, do not be involved in indulging in alcohol during your relaxation? Uh, I mean, if so, I don't know what that has to do with the rest of the paragraph, you know? Does sober mean as opposed to figuratively drunk? Does sober mean as opposed to physically, you know, to figuratively, uh, like, clamoring after something? Uh, is sober as opposed to having, you know, uh, like uh, uh, agitation and like undue excitement. I I really don't know. Like, is it just a synonym for solemn? So like I looked up the original Greek and again, I don't know Greek, but I I looked at various translation sites and the word literally means sober the way we use sober in English, like not drinking wine. I don't know what that points to. I don't know what it means sober any relaxation. Is it like, uh, you know, like uh, as opposed to what Thoreau says in uh, Walden of you know the massive men. I forgot what the line is. Lead lives of quiet desperation. I, I just don't know. <laughs> so, uh, so if anyone has any light to shed on uh, on on what he means by be sober in your relaxation, I also don't know what he means by relaxation here. I mean, is it leisure? Is it just normal calmness? Uh, you tell me. <laughs> so that's it for today's episode. If you've gained from what you've learned here today and would like to support my production of even more Torah content, please consider contributing to my Patreon at www.patreon.com. Link is in the description. Thank you to my listeners for listening, and thank you to my patrons for supporting my efforts to make Torah ideas available and accessible to everyone.